Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to our one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I'm once again your host for today. With me, I have another special guest, and it's just one person, not not a couple this time. Her name is Jennifer Wiseman. Hello. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us in the podcast booth today. Yeah. I know this is your specialty, right? Yes. You love, love talking here. Yeah. in front of crowds. Yeah. That's okay. But you know, <laughs> you are a very special person here at the church, and we'll unpack that in a little bit. But I just wanted to recap where we are as a church. And last week, if you were able to listen to this particular podcast channel, you were able to listen to Jake and Marsha Richards. And they um, they explained to us kind of the benefit and the reasons of why community groups are important and how we're called to be a part of a family and how we're called to be a part of community. And, and today we're going to expand a little bit more about that and really talk about our gifts and utilize how can we use our gifts and talents to serve. And if you were part of our church worship service this past weekend, you will have heard this concept of the call to action with what does prioritize the body mean? And uh, we, we want to unpack that just a little bit more today. And Jennifer, you have a great story to tell. And I just, before we really get into your story, I just wanted to hear a little bit about where you came from, you know, how long, first of all, how long have you been coming to Fellowship Bible Church? So we started coming in 2000. Okay. So um, at the time, Michael was deployed somewhere. Uh, we were mil- both of us were in the army and then I was um, a military spouse. And so he was deployed somewhere and we had uh, neighbors that asked us uh, or asked me about coming to church. Um, I did not grow up going to church. So Fellowship Bible Church is actually the only church that I've ever attended. Hmm. And so um, it's been kind of neat to hear other people's experiences about churches. And we've made jokes about going and trying other churches just to see what what is out there. But yeah, we started in 2000. And Michael's your husband. Michael is my husband. And so what is he doing currently now? Uh, Currently he's out of the military and does... IT work, yeah. different companies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, he's not able to sit with us today. Yeah, I'm sure sorry. he would have loved yeah. that too. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have. That's okay. That's good. So you get to speak on his behalf. Sure. Share all of your version of the stories. Sure. Yeah. I know when I do that for my wife, she just slaps me. Yeah. So uh, that's okay. We yeah. will we'll let you do that today okay. for him. Special okay. dispensation. Yeah. So when remind us what year was that when you first started coming? 2000. We started coming in 2000. Okay. Yes. That's so you're good halfway. Yeah. Child. That's that, yeah. that's about kind of where I started coming as well. Mm-hmm. About 20 years ago, right? Yes. The halfway yes. point of our 40 year anniversary here of FBC. Mm-hmm. So when you started attending, I'm just curious. This is the first church you really experienced. What did that look like to you? Did it seem strange? Did it seem normal? Like what is the church life here at Fellowship look right. like to you? So for me, uh, it was a great experience because the fact that I thought I had this crazy notion that you had to start learning about Jesus when you were a baby. Like you had to start reading the Bible when you were a baby. And if you didn't start when you were a little kid, then you couldn't start as an adult. Hmm. Like it had to be from the beginning. And so when I started hearing Mark teach uh, verse by verse, that was just like, like this wow moment because I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know anything. Like I literally knew nothing. And so um, it was just a, a eye opening. Uh, it was a quick, um, I can't tell you this is what he talked about. And I said, wow, that I, that's Jesus. And like, I can't give you that kind of story right. of my 
walk as far as on this date or anything like that. It was a slow progression. I can't say it was one person. I mean, I use Mark Carey because of the fact that he was teaching from the pulpit. But uh, for me, it was just, uh, it was literally a walk by faith that I didn't really know that I was on. Yeah, the Holy Spirit moving right? in your life, yes. just kind of slowly, progressively mm-hmm. allowing you to see God in that way through yes. teaching through other people, I would yes. assume as well. Did you ever attend learning center classes or things like that when you were first coming? So um, I don't remember what it was like that first year, but it was crazy. I mean, if anybody was here in 2000, you were struggling to get a seat and yeah. get your kids wherever yeah. they needed to sure. be. And I remember uh, it was either Paul Carey or Ashton Berzio, little, uh, running me over down the hallway because they were trying to get to their classroom or whatever. And so we were just kind of going down these hallways and it was a little uh, hard. And so we did not, I did not do an uh, adult class at all that when we first sure. started. Yeah. I'm naturally someone though to join. So if someone says, hey, we need help with this or this is the next step, I naturally do that. Like that's, I raise my hand first, that's why. Hmm. have to be careful yeah. with, with things I go to. Yeah. So um, so they started talking about uh, joining a community group. And so we joined a community group. And um, we were actually with the Benedicts, Christy and John, if anybody knows them. They live in Florida now. But um, we were with the Benedicts. And um, then next thing you know, they started talking about membership. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go get become members. And so back then the class, I think it was six weeks long. We were in, yeah. we were on couches in this big wide room. And um, so we did that. Um, I had never been baptized because I had just become mm. a believer. Mm-hmm. So I did that in Hogue Creek. Yeah. Uh, so that was an experience because I saw a mouse go over the edge into the <laughs> creek before I went down to get it. And I don't <laughs> like mice. So that was really, really hard. Um, so we did that. Uh, I did that. Um, and then we continued in community group. Um, I attempted to serve uh, with Awana. I did the nursery with Awana. Okay. Uh, I, I did some other preschool three-year-olds for a little bit uh, as a helper. Uh, more with kids because I had kids and I felt like, oh, I have kids. I, I need to be serving with the kids because I have kids in this program. Yeah. And so I did that. Uh, I have to say, though, for a good 10 years, that's what we did. Hmm. Uh, not any kind of growth. It was still infancy. It was still... We were in community group. We went to community group. We we, we did that kind of stuff. Uh, but there was no, I, I would almost say there was really no growth. Yeah. Um, and then uh, about 10 years in, so about 2010, somewhere, maybe 12, 2012, uh, there were some opportunities that the coffee ministry was changing and uh, we were going to have that coffee room and I can never say that room coin in a corner thank you yeah. I can't say it that's okay <laughs> and, um, and so I started serving in that capacity and then the next thing I knew my husband was serving with me in that hmm. and then the next thing I knew my entire family hmm. was serving our five-year-old was setting up the sugar and things like that and that is when we started to grow. That's cool. That's yeah. so just real quick. Tell us about your kids. How many okay. kids do you guys have? We have four, uh, 23, 21, uh-huh. almost 17. He'll be happy that I said 17 yeah. and a 14 year old. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So as a family, you started serving together and you mentioned spiritual growth. So, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. You can, you can sit there, you can attend the worship services, you can be a part of a community group, but until there's something going on in the spirit that's leading you to 
to sit, to say where, you know, where am I growing or where are the, where are my needs? And, and what you were saying is that there's this kind of instinctive gift to serve. There's this instinctive, that's kind of where a light bulb moment came on for you. So explain kind of where you think your gifts and talents are and how does that fit with that kind of growth process? Right. So um, I took a class one time here at the church. It was an adult learning center class for spiritual gifts because I was like, I don't, I don't really know. I know what my natural gifts are. And if, and if anybody knows me, my natural ability is to is administration. Hmm. I can naturally just go in and be like, okay, this is what we need to do and do it. But that's not my spiritual gift. That's I, Anytime I got put in that role, it almost became like a burden to me. And uh, my spiritual gift is actually is serving. Hmm. So when I got into that role of being um, hospitable and just talking with people in that way of, of giving them a cup of coffee, of wiping down counters, there it was completely different hmm. for me. And I always, my natural bend was to be in charge because that's where everybody pushed me to do. And and it's really not what I, what my spiritual gift is. Yeah. So I've done that. To, I didn't know Jesus until I was 22 years old. Right. But I was 16 years old working at Roy Rogers and was the same way I am now, just in charge. Yeah. So unpack that a little bit then. Okay. So the difference of being an unbeliever and serving versus a believer and serving. How And then you are equating that with spiritual growth. Yes. So how do you see that personally in your own life and how you feel like you were drawing closer to Christ always last 10 years, for example, because of that involvement? So I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking. I don't, I answer away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So for me as an unbeliever and, and just thinking back on that time of, of what I did, um, I was doing it for myself. Hmm. Obviously I was doing it for uh, self gratification, like just so that someone could say, at a girl, Jennifer, and, and go about my business with whatever I was doing. And that is what was happening. And then once I started serving in other capacities, so like with children's ministry, with Awana, with those kind of roles, I wasn't, I was doing it because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Hmm. And wasn't necessarily realizing, hey, where does God want me to serve? Or where could my spiritual gift, what is my passion? Like, I didn't even yeah. think about yeah. And then that has been such an eye opener too. Of okay, what what am I passionate about? And then okay, this is the gift he's given me. And then how can I use that gift? And that's what I'm hopeful that through this podcast that we're able to maybe open someone's eyes to it. That just because you're if you're serving someplace and and you're dreading going there because that's what was happening. I right. was dreading going there. And yeah. I love little kids. Yeah. Um, Maybe you need to try something else. Time, time to yeah. find a different yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for me that I don't know if that's exactly what you were asking, but for me, that is what I have seen. I just myself. I just have found that, you know, when I'm talking to, for example, unbelievers and they're they're serving and they're they're going to, you know, serve at the local shelter or they're doing things. I'm always curious about motivations. Mm -hmm. and, and and so, you know, we want to be able to help people. I think that's a natural instinct for people. Most of you, you want to be able to to help and serve others. But there is this aspect of doing it as a believer and the motivation that we have to to be a light of Christ, mm -hmm. I think, is is a difference maker. And it sounds like for you that it, it kind of opened up a whole new world of seeing how how am I being able to to show God's glory right. in my serving or even making coffee behind the scenes. It doesn't have to be public. Mm -hmm. um, for your family, though, I'm also curious about how that impacted your family. Yeah, you know, doing it together. Um, 
what what did you see in the life of your kids? You don't have to embarrass them or anything like that. But what you know, how did you guys see a family knit together by serving together? So I'm going to start with the bad part about this. Okay. We never really asked them. <laughs> so families out there, ask your children before you just do it. We didn't ask them. We just, this is what we did. And so this became a wise men thing that we did. Now, as they got older, we started to see, hey, are they just doing, is it, was it the same thing for me doing in the nursery? Were they just doing it because mom and dad was make, were, were basically making mm-hmm. do it. And so that has been an eye opener. So mm. that's the negative part yeah. of this. Now, the positive part of this is that my kids know that, hey, there is a place for me to be able to serve. So the conversation was open to be able to say, okay, that didn't work. Uh, my kids have now tried. Uh, I'm sure someone has probably did a name tag for it. Like, they've done name tags. They've yeah. done great holding doors. Um, one time I actually saw Jacob holding the outside doors. This is probably three years ago. And I didn't know it was my son. I just saw this, like, preteen looking kid out there holding doors. And I was like, oh, that's a great thing. I need to figure out who that kid's parents are. And tell them what great job they did. And then later on, he walked in and I'm like, oh. And so I, I mean, I just thought it was some random kid holding a door. So I think it just became this natural thing for our kids to realize, hey, this is not because I've told them, hey, you're called to do this. No yeah. preaching, no, none of that happened. But it was just a, this is what you do. But it's a great modeling example uh, it for was. parents to my, do that for kids. Yeah, so then my daughter went to college, and she was just like, okay, I'm going to get plugged into a church. Okay, I need to serve at this church. And then just did it on her own because I wasn't there yeah. to tell her to do it or anything like that. And so that has been, you know, a true blessing out of this is that they realize, oh, need to find the right place, first right. of all, and then... right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the other component of that is just the the idea that you can bless other people. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, serving, you know, we want to be able to 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 show kind of our gifts and talents, not show, but use our gifts and talents in a way that is bringing honor and glory to God. But by doing so, it impacts others. Mm-hmm. So it, ha, I mean, I know you're doing more than just helping coffee and serve coffee during the course of these last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen the impact of giving of your time be a blessing to other people around you? I, I've had a couple stories. So I've been blessed with the stories later on of, of, of seeing people. It, it almost stretched me to a little bit because of the fact that now it kind of merged into this, this greeting of watching for people that, um, aren't talking to anybody else hmm. and trying to uh, judge, okay, are, do they want me to come talk to them? It's this emotional intelligent thing or something that I don't know who coined that flip phrase or what it is, but just starting to watch people. And so that's what really, for me, started to develop is that I started to pay attention to, is there somebody I can go up to and talk to that, that I've never talked to before? Mm-hmm. So one story that I have was a family that, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, I didn't realize what was going on in their lives or anything like that, but I just went up to her and just invited her to dinner. Hmm. Like, it was this random act that, it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit, because I'm always, like, worried, oh, now i got to clean my house and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Come to my house. But it, it has, for me, it has opened up my eyes to other things that I could be doing. And then, I mean, I, that's the only story that I know off the top of my head because she came back to me and said, yeah, hey, you yeah. don't know what was going on. But that we were ready not to come back to church. Mm-hmm. Like, we felt like we had no one had talked to us. We hadn't got connected. And and that changed us. And to, to this day, both of them are serving and their children are involved. Yeah. And so that 
it's something nice to just see that I didn't do that because I would have never did like right. that was the Holy Spirit. But yeah, that's really great. To that's see. cool. And so just moving along down the timeline here, you have uh, you came on staff to work here at FBC explain kind of what that looked like and now you have a role that is right in line with this topic so how how can how do you use your gifts here now at the church on staff to be able to call people to this right so my my role now so i started out as just um, basically i was a receptionist so i was the person that you saw when you came into the building and i um was the keeper of the door, and so I was the person that kind of directed where everybody, uh, who was going where when you came to the door. And slowly I morphed more into like an office manager, and then um, this past March, uh, my role changed along with the way we do church here changed, so it was really a, a blessing for me <laughs> because the fact that everything changed at the same time. And so now my role is um, congregation engagement okay. and the communications manager. So as for the congregation engagement part of this, uh, essentially the role is to help people get engaged. Mm -hmm. Whether that's in a community group, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a one-on-one -on -one discipleship group, whether it's serving somewhere, that is uh, what I'm doing now here. And we can see your heart because you can see the benefit of what does it mean to get plugged in. Yes. And you, it can be a community group, it can be a service group. And you know what, when you serve next to somebody, there's just something that there's a bond, right. you know, that if you do it on a regular basis, that bond grows and that can turn into authentic relationship, authentic fellowship building that is going on where you get to know the person and it can, it really is like a community group. Yeah. So, you know, for us to say that there's oh, a handful of, you know, 30, 40 community groups out there that exist. We could say that those groups are exponentially larger here at Fellowship because of the bonds that you create by serving together. Absolutely. Like, for example, my, my newest example is my daughter is recently engaged. And I know the group of people that have been um, praying for her are the greeters and the welcome. Hmm. Like that group of people... Uh, Back in February, yeah. we would get together and pray in the morning before yeah. church would start. But that group then became something more of a uh, email out group of well, this is what we're praying for and things like that. And so one of the things that I was super excited to be able to say to them is, hey, this happened and thank you for all your prayers because they kind of knew that we were praying about this. And, and so it was really nice mm -hmm. that it wasn't just my community group because I'm in a community group and we're, we're a tight group. But it was more, it was the people I'm serving beside every Sunday yeah. that, that I was excited to share with them. Yeah, the that's great. I mean, and again, every person has a little different bent. Every person has their own unique gifts and talents. And what is it going to be, what is it going to take to draw you in to be more engaged in the body, um, but to, to grow spiritually, to, to learn more about who God is and to have your spiritual journey be a little bit look a little bit more like Christ today than it was last year. And so that, that idea of, I'm just, I'm thinking back to our podcast last week of community groups and here we're talking about service groups and how similar they really can be. It can be a blessing to both the people you're serving, but then also to yourself yes. and how the, and how that can, that bond can grow together and relationships can be formed. So if you're out there and you're, and you're not feeling connected you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a community group. We want you to join one, but find other opportunities. And if your skill set is 
uh, is, well, we heard Rick Lump weeks ago say cleaning toilets. <laughs> or if it's something of maybe you're more technical or maybe you're more creative or maybe you're more hospitable. We have uh, really a need for any gift and talent to be used and plugged into the body. And I know, Jennifer, you can attest to that because yeah. you're filtering all those and you see what those needs are. Unpack that for us a bit. Give me more, a little more examples of where some of our needs are here at the church. Okay. So what we're trying to do is keep a, a very updated list to uh, what each ministry needs. And so it's fbcva.life mm-hmm. forward slash serve. Um, and so I'm actually going to put at the top of it as of and then the date so that you guys know that we are constantly moving this along. Um, the the behind the scenes stuff is is a lot is primarily what's listed there right now. Rose Locke up in the production with the production team has, I think, probably seven to eight different uh, roles with different time frames once a month opportunities every week opportunities are there the children's ministry they actually have a need starting in november for i think it's three-year-olds it's definitely a preschool teacher Mm -hmm. because someone is going back um they're a missionary and they're going back to the mission field and so they have a need that's opening up in november um we have a rotation of people that sit at the welcome desk Mm. and that that person actually sits there during the service and uh Currently, Larry and Barb Marsh have been doing it every single week. Uh, Even when we were outside, they were there inside doing it. And so we'd like to kind of rotate that out just a little bit more. Um, My husband uh, is in charge of the coffee ministry, and Mm -hmm. he'd like to get that started back up again. Oh, I'm sure there's people that are excited about hearing that. Yeah, they were a little sad that there was apple cider. (laughs) They were like, where's the coffee? So that uh, was, you know, fun to to navigate through but there's there's every we're trying every week to change that john morrison um they're starting a new thing um i'm not sure if it's actually new but actually giving it a name through the biblical counseling called advocates um so that's on there i kind of ran through my brain i think that that's close to to all the different uh spots that are on there. And if you don't see a spot specifically on that web page, still put your name down and say, Hey, I'd like to serve. And here's absolutely. And just let us know because we will find a home for you. Mm -hmm. And there are needs that maybe are known or maybe some that aren't known that you could say, Hey, I've got an idea here and how can we make this happen? Great. (laughs) We need, we need the people to do the work of the ministry more than just the people who are on staff. That's not to minimize those that are on staff, right. but it's to say, how can the thousands of people that call fellowship their home be utilizing their gifts and their talents? Yes. How does COVID impact this? Um, because there, there is this challenge of, of we want to maintain kind of healthy you know, standards, safe standards for people to feel comfortable and welcomed at the same time. This we talked about this in our podcast last week again about the the need to be around other people, and serving is part of that as well. But are there opportunities for people that maybe can't get out and about as much? So talk us through what COVID has done to kind of change this dynamic of this ministry. Right. So COVID has you know he talked about the social distancing. We are if you are volunteering in uh, on a weekend service, we are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So we are doing that. Um, but we know that there are a lot of people that are not ready to come back. And so we've had, I'm not sure if anybody saw this one, but Rose Locke was actually looking for somebody at home 
to help get wax out of a um, tablecloth. Sure. So there are things like that that can be done at home. So it doesn't, you don't have to come in here to do it. Uh, Good. Yeah. You don't have to wear a mask to always do things too. Now, if you are going to participate on in a weekend, uh, if you're going to um, be a preschool teacher, we, we are going to ask about wearing masks yeah. and things like that. But uh, if you're not ready to come back to church, we have, our, or into the church building, I guess, into this building, then uh, there are some opportunities of things that you can do at your house. Uh, there's some administrative tasks that we've had um, people come in that they just sit in our admin area and um, do some stapling, do some laminating, yeah. some things that are just happening during the week that, that doesn't involve being around a large group of people. So we don't want anybody to think, oh, it's... I, I can't be around a lot of people right now because of whatever reason. Um, there are some other opportunities. It's a great opportunity for you to feel connected with mm -hmm. the body mm -hmm. and by just giving of your time for a couple hours a week like that from home. Yeah. It's definitely possible. We have someone that actually comes in. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's seen him before. Uh, each bathroom stall we call something, something called potty talk. Yeah. And there's somebody that that is what she does. Once a month, I just text her on the day, and she comes in and puts it at, puts the potty talk out. And so there's always opportunities for other things, even if it's not serving on a weekend. That's great. <laughs> Much needed. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I can't emphasize it enough. And again, for me, hearing the testimonies and stories of what the early church at FBC really looked like, of just how people just gave their time, I think is valuable for us to learn. Mm -hmm. 40 years later, we still have those needs, and we still want people to feel connected in that way to where... You can bless others, and you can be blessed back at the same time. Um, yeah, I want to just, well, let me fact check real quick. The FBCVA.life slash, I'm seeing serving. Okay, Is that, thank you. Sorry. Okay. Serving. So, and you will also find it when you go to the homepage, the button called Prioritize the Body. Click on that, and over these next several weeks, you will see all the different ministry opportunities. You will see the different activities, the events going on that are all kind of correlated with this idea of building community and how can we use our gifts and talents. So, Jennifer, I just want to thank you once again for being a part of this because hearing your story is encouraging. To, from the ground up, attending FBC, you are an example of preparing and deploying dependent disciples be able to come alongside of your husband, to be able to work with your family, to, to grow, to now be connected to our body in this way and to call us to congregational engagement. That's a blessing. That's a huge example. So for those of you guys listening out there, <laughs> you, that, that could be you, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a need for people here at our church. Any last thoughts or final comments that you want to summarize this at all? The, the one thing I do want to say, uh, and I, I mentioned it a bit, if if you if you decide yeah I, I want to serve um, I am suggesting you give things test drives I want you to try it and if after you know five six weeks you're like oh Jennifer no this is not the right place tell us that there are always other opportunities we don't want anyone to be feeling like they're stuck someplace and I do test like it, I, I do like what you said is that if it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. if it feels like it's it is just a chore yes then there is something that probably could and should change. Yes. And and as there's different ministry leaders and pastors overseeing things, and it, it work with them, you know, talk that through with them and, and say, hey, here's where my heart is and how can I serve in this capacity? Mm -hmm. and, and again, I think like we talked about, if there's a new area of ministry that's not developed and you have a passion for it, 
that is God speaking to you to say, hey, how can you kickstart that? Right. And so I think our listeners can hopefully be encouraged and challenged by that yes. all at the same time. Well, thank you, Jennifer, once again, for being a part of the podcast here today. You are amazing. And as always, um, if you want to contribute, you can still go to fbcva.life slash podcast. And there's notes that you can add in questions that if you wanted to submit, just interaction. We want to engage with you guys from that standpoint. And uh, as always, you know, please feel free to keep us posted on any of your thoughts and all of you guys watching and listening out there, there are going to be more interviews about this. This concept of prioritize the body is going to be something over the course of October, November here of this year. We're going to be really making a, a significant campaign about. And we want you to prayerfully consider how can you be part of community and how can you utilize your gifts and talents. So until we meet again and chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.